Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. And joining me as ever is my colleague and fellow editor, Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. Actually, this is Phil 2.0. <laughs> oh, no, I've been how's, upgraded. <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> well, well, what new features do I have? Uh, I automatically dad... connect to the cloud. Oh, good. That's great. I have uh, uh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I have hotspot. not thought this through. <laughs> the word hotspot has never been used to describe me. <laughs> uh, are you? Uh, am I any better at dad jokes? That's uh, that's that's another uh, skill I'm, I'm developing. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> I blame Twitter for that mostly. Actually, you're yeah, so good. You, you realize you, you, you get on Twitter and then you realize like everything you think is funny. Somebody's already said like 10 minutes earlier <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I got one. Ah, oh, damn it. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so dad 2.0 beat me. That's right. <laughs> he did. Damn it. Uh, anyway, uh, that's probably not what everybody tuned in for to hear my, uh, uh, hear about my, uh, my eventual replacement by AI and my uh, perpetual <laughs> failings on Twitter. I mean, it's a good start. Let's put it that way. But no, according to according to our our listing, the, uh, the we have a guest today. Um, in fact, uh, our guest is one of the I think one of the analysts that we've talked to quite a lot in the SD-WAN market and mm-hmm. in enterprise connectivity generally, um, Rupa Hanachari at Frost and Sullivan. And um, uh, Rupa has been, uh, you know, we sort of start out talking about like we see her every year at MEF uh, and, 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 and other shows, but usually at MEF and she's usually, you know, one of those uh, analysts we can count on to sort of explain not only how everything works together, but what the real concerns of enterprises are, you know, mm-hmm. when they're looking at new technology that service providers are rolling out. Right. Yeah. She'll give it to you straight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this time around we talk about, uh, let's see, we, we get into, we start out talking about, you know, the SD-WAN market generally, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what Frost and Sullivan is making of that market in 2020, what the growth looks like in 2021. And then we get into a couple of other things too. Yeah. We also discussed, um, what, um, trends are looking like in terms of, um, you know, MPLS versus SD-WAN, how that conversation has changed and how, um, you know, a lot of enterprises are pairing SD-WAN with broadband. Uh, and then also looking at the, um, remote workforce and what SD-WAN options and, and services are available there. And, and also how, uh, managed service providers are taking advantage of SD-WAN to offer additional security UC services. Um, just making a little bit extra money there. So good on them for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, to the extent that they take advantage of the fact that, you know, the, the, the pandemic has caused like, uh, a need for SD-WAN, a need for security, but mm-hmm. in a much more distributed and I guess varied way. So we get into that a little bit too, that, you know, no two are, are very, very few sets of workers in an enterprise are, are completely alike in terms of what their security needs are. So mm-hmm. the SD-WAN and managed service providers have to have uh, different approaches to deal with uh, different, you know, different levels of users and different layers of security. So um, anyway, I, I'm trying to explain it, but I should really just let Rupa explain it. So <laughs> let's get right into the interview. This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and optical, the foundation for what's to come. 
Our guest today is Rupa Hanachari from Frost and Sullivan. Hello, Rupa. Hi, Phil. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Um, thanks for uh, for joining us. The last time we spoke, I think it was at uh, uh, one of the MEF events. Uh, you, uh, I think you and Kelsey did a uh, an interview on our video stage, right uh, right in the middle of a trade show floor. So hopefully this time it'll be a little less uh, noisy <laughs> and exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> You bet. <laughs> oh, not that Kelsey is noisy and exhausting. It was the it was the show floor. I was. I just Dang. want to make sure I clear that up. Well, I gotta go now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it but. was uh, it was crazy because we we have uh, and and weirdly enough, and I missed this, but we had uh, uh, you know, an interview stage set up, and it was kind of elevated. It was like right there in the you know among all the other booths, and for whatever reason. Um, even being in a corner, we got tons and tons of foot traffic going back and forth. So it was always, uh, 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 always noisy, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) noisier than you would have thought uh, for being on a a trade show floor. Um, uh, so Rupa, it's been, uh, you know, 2020 has been a completely unpredictable year, but, uh, um, even still we have to keep tabs on what the market's doing and where it's going. So I wanted to lead off by saying, uh, by, by getting your, um, uh, your analysis of what the SD-WAN market has done so far in 2020 and how things have, have gone, you know, generally given, given the spa- the part of the uh, market that you watch. Definitely unprecedented times, as you can imagine. Um, but some of the technology trends have completely come to the rescue during this uh, time, which nobody had planned for, you know, we talk about business continuity and so on and such. Uh, but would have ever could have ever, ever planned for this. Um, talking about SD WAN specifically, Phil. I mean, 2020 has actually fared much much better than what we predicted as soon as COVID hit, or a few months after that. 2019 per se was a stellar year. Okay, 100% growth rates. That's what we saw from 2018 to 19. And the growth rates we predicted for 2020 and the next three years were also very high. We had to recalculate and you know, reassess what's going to happen because of COVID. So, you know, I did downgrade the forecast quite a bit. But then from so far, from, but then what I've heard from vendors as well as service providers so far, you know, they're pretty much on track as to what the original prediction was. And there are a couple of trends, you know, that's driving the demand for SD-WAN. Cloud computing, of course, you know, cloud is on top of mind for every IT decision maker out there. And now it seems like everybody has fast-tracked the adoption of cloud services for certain applications if they were on the fence. Because just think about it, if not for cloud and connectivity, I mean, you and I couldn't be doing this today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we would, we would, we would just be. Um, uh, we would do some sort of recorded, uh, uh, record and forward version of this, or maybe we would just be yelling out our windows, <laughs> etching stone tablets and yelling those back and forth. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So you know, thanks to cloud and the fact that um, globally a number of organizations have embraced cloud already you know, employees could continue doing a lot of their work, you know, wherever applicable because of the applications being hosted in cloud and they had the connectivity, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever. They had some form Mm -hmm. of connectivity to basically access these applications. So anyway, coming back to SD-WAN, right? Um, We are seeing that the growth continues. Of course, there are certain vertical markets which have been impacted more than others, you know, hospitality, retail, 
Um, so obviously there will be some dip in the in the growth rates as we look at this in the next five years. But uh, in general, I think ST1 continues to kind of gain traction um, among enterprises as they try to connect, uh, you know, connect their users to cloud-based applications. Um, you know, now they don't have to just rely on MPLS. They can use this. They can do this by using broadband connections, which um, ST WAN very beautifully supports. You know, broadband and wireless connections. So we are seeing uh, healthy growth for the ST WAN market. So it sounds like it um, ended up. Uh, pretty positive despite the pandemic. Um, like you said, that reliance on the cloud is, is probably a big benefit to uh, looking at 2021. What kind of growth are you predicting there? It sounds like things will still be going steadily up. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kelsey, I think we have discussed this before. When I look at the ST WAN market, I kind of classify this into two broad categories. One is the SD-WAN vendor market, which is the SD-WAN software and hardware infrastructure market. And then there's the managed SD-WAN market, which the service providers, be it the network service providers or managed service providers, VAR, system integrators, they take this technology, the software and hardware, combine it with the underlay, the physical networks and other value-added services, and then sell to the end, end users or end clients. So when I look at the vendor market as well as the managed SD1 market, um, like I said, um, it's growing much faster than what I reassessed uh, at the end of June. Um, so we'll see by the end of this year, you know, what kind of growth rates finally end up based on the full year results. Um, but you know, I don't think we'll see like 100% growth. That's what I said, right? From 2018 to 19, I don't think it obviously will be that kind of growth. Uh, but still fairly more than what I had predicted or Frost and Sullivan had predicted, I must say. Um, I don't want to state any growth rates now because everything is kind of dicey till we see the full year results, Kelsey. But uh, certainly it will be more than, uh, it's, it's, it's less negatively impacted than we had originally predicted, uh, to be very honest. Yeah, it was definitely a necessity. Um, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, on the service provider side, because they've made, um, you know, managed SD-WAN uh, has has turned out to be a really, um, I think, a really effective thing for them to add to their connectivity portfolio and, you know, uh, managed services portfolio broadly. Um, how is that market doing? Even though, you know, that's a subset of SD-WAN, but uh, what, which, what, what is... Uh, what's been your uh, reporting or your sort of uh, uh, assessment of that market? Sure. So, Phil, a subset as well as a superset, you know, depending on how you look at it, like I said, uh, the service provider, they are using SD-WAN to basically add more additional pull-through revenues from other services. So networking is the foundation, right, for every other application you look on top of that. So clearly, you know, um, the demand for MPLS has been decreasing over the years with or without SD-WAN. The demand was coming down. It's a very, very mature service. You know, growth rates were already declining or flat. Um, so an SD-WAN happened where you can actually include broadband and wireless and DIA, all this, you know, basically any underlay services. Um, so they are kind of revamping their whole strategy to support this hybrid networking, Right. And I think in 2019, you know, later, later half of 2019 and the 
you know, first half of 2020s when we saw that the displacement of MPLS or other private services like Ethernet was happening much faster than uh, we had originally anticipated or even service providers had, had anticipated. When I looked at the data for full year 2019, uh, the number of SD-WAN sites out there and how are they connected today, a majority of them are actually connected by broadband links uh, as opposed to MPLS or Ethernet. So that's telling a story. And I think that's something continue in the future. Um, that's part one. Part two, you know, I said superset because once service providers are able to support um, the hybrid networking, depending on whatever the customer chooses, you know, either the service providers offer their own network or partner with other providers, basically they bring the underlay and the overlay together. They are able to create stickiness for other services, you know, VoIP, UC, security. So we are seeing that for every dollar of SD-WAN services that uh, service providers are earning, um, you know, they're earning like four or five dollars more on top of that dollar from over from underlay. Interesting. Um, that, that's interesting too because I remember it's been years ago since anyone's really held this view, but SD WAN at first was just this um, kind of uh, competitive affront to MPLS, you know, kind of challenging their connectivity business. And what it seems like it's turned into, it's gone full circle from being this um, this threat to steady, uh, you know, managed service revenue to this, uh, um, you know, the the shape of it's kind of changed. But now it's this uh, this revenue lever is what you're sort of describing where they, as soon as they get that into place, it unlocks all these other, um, uh, you know, uh, recurring revenue services, things like security is a great example, because once you, once you purchase that through a service provider and it's linked to your broadband connection, it's really, really hard to make a change. You know, even if you felt like you were paying slightly more than what the market, you know, demanded or something like that, just leave it alone and let it go. And I think that's a, that's a, that's an important place for service providers to get to because that's how they, you know, that's how a lot of their, uh, uh, businesses are set up. A lot of their income stream is, uh, uh, is, is set up. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are, there are other reasons why, um, enterprises are choosing a managed services approach, you know, um, it's, it's, Deploying global SD-WAN sites is, is much more harder than enterprises had imagined, right? It's not like you're buying this boxes, shipping it out, and anybody can get it kickstarted. Yes, but how do you connect it to the networks? How do you ensure that all the networks are performing the way they should be? So it's more complex than businesses had imagined, right? So in our survey, 60% of the respondents actually said we would prefer to work with a managed service provider versus doing it ourselves. Um, this is because the service provider can do the integration, the troubleshooting, and the whole end-to-end -end management. That's just the networking and the software hardware piece I'm talking about. To layer on top of that, you know, what you mentioned, security or web optimization, or let's say, uh, let's say WIP or UC, you know, it just, it's, it's much, much more harder. And that's not something you want your IT teams to be spending time on in any case, right? So why don't just you just outsource it to a managed service provider. Yeah, that's a good point. I imagine it, it would be a lot easier to, um, like you all discussed, the security piece rely on the service provider who has a whole team of, you know, highly skilled um, security experts rather than trying to build your own team. 
Um, what are some other trends that you're noticing um, for SD-WAN in terms of using it for the home network, um, you know, separating out that traffic so that Fortnite's separate from, you know, important <laughs> Zoom calls and, and also having, um, you know, I've heard more about having an option for an SD-WAN appliance in the home or a software piece. So what are some some trends you're hearing there? Yeah, the challenges that we have to face in this century. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kids doing virtual school, you know, somebody else streaming videos on Netflix or YouTube because you don't have to go to office, <laughs> gaming. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blaming it on the kids, but it could, all, <laughs> could very well be the toys watching Netflix it's... or playing um you know, Fortnite yeah. while also on gamers a are so. kids are gamers are kids of all ages. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And people like me who are really working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, just kidding. Um, so you know, you have to ensure that business traffic gets priority and you know it's secure when you're trying to connect to your cloud-based uh, applications or you even your corporate data center, right? On the broadband link you have have at home. So clearly, I mean, nothing, nothing could have highlighted the need for extending SD-WAN to, you know, home-based users or remote users uh, than COVID did. You know, what better than COVID, COVID, right? The global workforce is now looking at how do you do this for your employees based at home? So obviously the vendors recognize this very quickly and you must have seen a lot of announcements from um, the SD-WAN vendors so there are both client-based options available and there are others who are actually shipping a lightweight device to employees at home. And, you know, we're we are speaking about employees very generically here, right? But think about it from the CEO to the to to every employee in the company, everybody was working remotely. So there are some power users and critical employees for whom I think an investment in a lightweight SD-WAN device is completely justified. And that's what the vendors banked upon and the service providers have also carried now. So uh, there's clearly a business case. We have seen a lot of vendors do that. A lot of businesses embrace that. Um, so SD-WAN for remote working is becoming real. And from the service provider perspective, again, you must have seen announcements from AT&T and Comcast where, where they are. Uh, trying to integrate SD-WAN solutions with business-grade internet links, you know, extended to the employee's home so that they have the right connectivity and the security measures um, and the optimized link using SD-WAN technology to connect to uh, their corporate applications. So that's that's what we have seen uh, for the work-from-home users. Yeah, it does seem like it's... Um... Uh, not always a one size fits all, like you mentioned, the CEO or the power user versus um, just what's coming to mind is intern, but that's not what I want to be. Well, like, there's a, that's a good point because we're we were just about to talk about you know uh, we want to kind of wrap up talking about security, but um, you know in the in the workforce you have different people who have to have different accesses access to to information at at different speeds, I guess, you know, um, you know, so, so the, the higher up the food chain you go, they, they, they want broad and unfettered access, but that implies that they also have a completely different security profile than somebody who's maybe just in, you know, at a department level doing one or two, you know, very specific things. Um, you know, our, our, our enterprises, uh, you know, some of the, 
uh, some of your uh, your clients or companies that you're talking to are they um, are are they concerned with the level of security that's being offered through SD WAN? You know, uh, for uh, for remote workers, or, or are they? Does it seem like they're they're happy with what's out there in the market? I'm, I'm kind of curious as to whether whether the technology met the, the, even though the need was sudden and drastic, I'm wondering if the technology that was in the market met the need squarely. Um, yes, it did to a large extent, you know, I would think so, because hence the case for shipping out a lightweight appliance. Um, I told you, you know, the client version is available as well as the appliance-based SD-WAN. Obviously, the appliance-based SD-WAN offers a much broader set of features and functionalities, right? So that's when it's justified to ship out the right appliance because the entire portfolio of security measures are available to the end user, you know, whomever you're trying to connect versus for others, your client-based event uh, solution is probably sufficient because, you know, you know the kind of access you're going to provide to them. Um, that's with respect to SD-WAN, but, you know, we, we did not really, you know, drop the word sassy here, but <laughs> obviously that's the latest buzzword. You know, there's so much focus on um, secure access service edge. Um, you know, security has always been important. This is my take, you know, application and network security has always been very, very important, you know, no matter what you call it, what uh, acronyms you coin. And now as data is moving closer to the users, more to the edge, obviously the need to provide security closer to that edge, wherever the data or applications reside is even more important, you know, or cloud. So cloud-based security measures have been embraced by enterprises to different levels. Uh, I I guess the next step is acceleration in terms of to what extent um, you know, cloud-based security functions will be embraced by enterprises to support the movement of data from the corporate data centers to edge as well as closer to the users. Yeah, and I've heard in, in some of my conversations, it, it, it seems like, um, you know, right or wrong, the enterprises initially just really wanted to make sure that they had um, access available for their employees Um to that data. And then um, not that security is an afterthought, but uh, I think having that remote access piece was really important. And so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear um, how the security conversation kind of evolves over the next year as, as people continue to work from home. Um, but it, it, it sounds like, um, you know, SD-WAN does have a number of uh, robust security options to kind of ease the mind of enterprises. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, VPN is a security measure, right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know how many employees really use it to connect it. You know, um, in my in my experience, I have seen uh, fewer employers enforce it than, than more. You know, even I don't connect via VPN sometimes. I'm confessing yeah. to that. So it starts with Don't that. Don't worry, we'll but, edit that part out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, with SD-WAN, like Phil mentioned, you know, there is ob- there's obviously much more bandwidth of features available for the IT administrators 
to ensure they can create network segmentation, they can, they can separate out the traffic based on who's trying to access what. So clearly it gives them more control over how they, how they secure their applications um, than the, just the VPNs, the, the traditional VPNs. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much, Rupa. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and look forward to hearing some more updates um, once we have um, some additional forecasts for next year. Sure. Likewise, Kelsey, Phil, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks to our amazing producer, Tian Fu, for all his hard work editing the podcast. And also a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have any ideas about a future podcast topic or a potential guest for the show, please email us at editors at lightreading.com. Please also tell a friend to subscribe and thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and Optical, the foundation for what's to come.